Hello, dystopian thriller fans. My name is Jess, and this is CamCat Unwrapped. You've been listening to the registration by Madison Lawson, which was an IBPA Benjamin Franklin Award finalist in the mystery and thriller category. Today, we have the author Madison Lawson here with us for a virtual interview, and I'm so excited to chat with her. Madison, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. This is such a cool book. It really gave me purge vibes. I don't, I'm don't. i excited <laughs> to get into what your inspiration for the story was because I really... I just felt it so heavily. So why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, well, like you said, my name is Madison, and I grew up in Texas, but I currently live in North Carolina, and I've gotten my uh, bachelor's and master's degree, although degrees, although when I got my master's in literature, I learned that I'm more of a writer than a like academic. I want to sit and actually write rather than talk about the books. Um, (laughs) And I have a dog. His name is Teddy Lupin, and he's the best boy in the whole world. Um, (laughs) And I I love hiking, not long walks on the beach. I prefer hiking Um, and reading and all of the things. Amazing. Well, I'm there with you. I'm a hiker myself, so... I get it. And reading, of course, I think to have the jobs that we have, you kind of have to be into reading. Um, But I'm so excited to talk to you about your book. It just was such a fun read. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. What is your connection to like the thriller genre? Um, Well, so thrillers, horror, mystery, suspense, all of those things have been my favorite my entire life so like even back when I was a kid my older sisters would be watching Disney princess movies and I just wanted to watch Jurassic Park Mm. over and over and over again (laughs) and I would read every single Nancy Drew book and I picked up every single um like dark YA or dystopian like the Hunger Games Mm. um and then as soon as I was old enough I went to Stephen King and Karen Slaughter and Gillian Flynn and like I just I've always been drawn to like the darker aspects of humanity and like the fear thriller, like Halloween, um, scary movies, all that stuff. And then I also really like solving things. So I'm not good at puzzles. That's my older sister. She's good at puzzles, (laughs) but I'm good at the mysteries. So I love guessing the ending before we get there in a movie or putting together the little hints that the author has um, left throughout the book and I've I just get immense satisfaction from that whether I guess it right and feel super cool or don't get it and am in all of the story either way it's always really fun totally um, and then when it comes to like the more dystopian aspect of the registration I love the ability to like mold a world how I want it rather than being forced to stick to exactly how our world works right now sure our government our society our religions like exactly how it is so that nobody's like that's not 
accurate. Right. Um, so I like that freedom. <laughs> totally. It's so funny that you mentioned um, Nancy Drew. I feel like I've heard that from a couple of our authors. Big Nancy Drew crew, I guess, are the CamCat authors. I mean, Nancy Drew is like the gateway drug for mystery thriller fans. Sure. Because yeah. it's when you're... Re- and honestly, in my opinion, a series of unfortunate events yes. is like the gateway drug for like weird, dystopian, creepy, like eerie things. Because when you're a kid, it's like eerie. Now it's just funny and weird. But yeah, so yeah, I, I, I always loved reading Nancy Drew and my sisters and I played every single video game that came out. So Oh, I love that. Yeah. And the Hardy fun. Boys Gabe was just talking about. Yeah. All of those really fun, just like I feel like they really immerse you in the world. Uh, it's oh, super, yeah, super definitely. fun. Are you into escape rooms at all? I've been doing a lot of yes. escape rooms recently and I'm just, yeah, having way too yes, much fun. <laughs> I love escape rooms that have like a good story and the creepier, the better. Yes. Um, so the more like immersive story, the escape room, the more I love it. I like that aspect more than the actual puzzle aspect. Sure. But I always am drawn, like I love video games. Like I'm obsessed with playing video games, but I always... My favorite video games are the ones with the best stories and like the best characters and development and like what you can get connected to, not necessarily the best, you know, gameplay or combat. Totally. No, that makes a lot of sense. Well, then speaking of just immersive things and having a world that you're living in um, that you have to be convinced of in order to understand the story. Uh, do you feel like you had to draw on your real world experiences, the people you knew in your real world at all for the registration? I mean, like I said, it seemed like there was a little bit of hunger games you mentioned earlier that definitely felt like there was some inspiration there. And like I mentioned the purge, like it just seemed like there were some really cool, not quite references, but inspiration maybe. Um, I did love The Purge and The Hunger Games, so very likely that there was some inspiration there. I'm always kind of inspired or drawing from all the different books I read. Like, I read read hundreds of books a year, and so I have a lot coming into my brain, and I just, like, I don't know, it's like what you do with books and writing and reading is the inspiration there. But also, so I have... ADHD and with Mm. that is some aphantasia symptoms which is aphantasia is the inability to see images in your brain so you know when people say they like reading a book and it's like they're watching a movie in their head sure I can't really do that because I don't picture it very well and so a lot of my characters or places are at least somewhat molded by real life experiences because I know how to describe that well rather than having to like think of it or I just find people on Pinterest and describe what they look like but (laughs) like several times one person will have like the facial expressions of my friend from high school and the hair of somebody I just saw in a coffee shop and sure um, like tattoos of my best friend you know different things like that always come together to create the people and and places in the book and like the characteristics often come after people that I love so Daniel and the registration he has a lot of characteristics as my dad because I think my my dad was the best person in the world and so I wanted to bring him in a little bit through Daniel's like courage and forgiveness and like all of those different things so yeah 
I love that. Wow. You just gave me so much to work with. I feel like I have so many questions based on what you said, but I'll start with the most recent thing you said about your dad. It seems like you're so close with your family, talking about your sisters, watching all of the shows growing up and and the puzzle solving sister and your dad being so great. Are you particularly close with your family still? Yes. Yes. I am very close with my family. I love them very much. That's actually the only reason I'm moving back to Texas. Oh my gosh. If I didn't love my family, I would never (laughs) go back, but I do and I miss them and I want to be closer. But yeah, I have two older sisters and two nieces um, and my mom and grandma and I'm obsessed with all of them for different reasons and (laughs) I'm super different than all of them. Um, They're all a little bit more, you know, like emotional and in touch with their feelings. I don't, do you know anything about the Enneagram? Yes. Uh-huh, I do. Okay. So my mom's sister and, and sisters are two, four and three. So they're all in the heart triad Yeah. and I'm an eight. So I'm up in the gut triad and very different than all of them. And I was, and I was a ton like my dad. So he growing up, he, taught me all the time. All right, this is how you talk to your sister. You can't just say this because she'll take it this way. And like, you have to actually show your feelings and you have to (laughs) say X, Y, (laughs) Z. And so we wouldn't be as close as we were if we didn't have my parents who had to learn through their marriage, how to love each other well and communicate and all that. And then taught it to us. And I know we've all put in a lot of work to grow as people and understand each other more. And we're just we all value our relationships, so we work hard to keep close. Yeah, that's so cool. That's probably more than you asked for. <laughs> no, I'm like I said, I'm here for all of the long answers. I really, I love that. That's so sweet and so special. And I feel like I can see how that translates to, I mean, you know, Daniel, of course, but to like the overarching theme of like putting others ahead of yourself, like Lionel and her yeah. and Anna, like just feeling like they. Yeah you know, you have to put the needs of others ahead of yourselves and kind of learning how to navigate that dynamic for her was just mm-hmm. such a, a big theme through the book. So I, I feel family so loving for that. Yeah. A, yeah. Family has been a huge theme in literally every single book I've written and it always looks a little differently, but I always am exploring what family looks like, who is family, what does that mean? Yeah. How much power does it have, etc. in all of my books. <laughs> oh, that's so special. So you have other books then? Yes, I do. Um, this is the only one that's currently published and out. Okay. But I have several in the works. My agent's taking um, several to different publishers and I'm uh, writing others and we have lots of projects in the works. I don't know if we'll get into that stuff later, but sure, yeah, yeah. I've written quite a lot. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yes. I definitely want to hear some more about that, but I want to go back to your aphantasia. That is so, so fascinating. And especially being a writer, like you said, I feel like so often I hear from authors and from readers, oh, I picture it in my head and then I, uh, you know, and then I write it or as I'm reading, I'm seeing the movie play out in my head. So how do you feel like that? I mean, does that affect your writing process? Do you feel like your writing process is different from other people's at all? It definitely affects the process. I actually, Mm. when I was younger, um, I had one of my teachers tell me that if I didn't learn how to like picture things and pay more attention to the world around me, because I have ADHD, I would never be a successful writer. Like I couldn't be a writer if I didn't learn those things. 
And that was always super discouraging because I just couldn't do it. And I hadn't been diagnosed with ADHD yet. So I didn't know what was wrong with me or why I couldn't do it. Um, now that I have more tools, it's easier, but yes, it definitely changes the process because I have to, I save a ton of pictures that I've just taken from the internet. Um, and so I have like a picture that's called front of house. That's literally just what I'm like, what the front of a house in one of the books looks like so that I can go back and be like, okay, there's black trimming and whatever. Um, and I have character sheets for all of my characters. It's like, okay, blue eyes, long nose, like all <laughs> of different, all the different things, because I'll forget how I described them. I'll be like, Oh, what color eyes did he have? And I don't have it in my head. So I can't sure. just like, think of what wow. he looks like. Um, it and almost I, feels I like turn D&D. to, <laughs> <laughs> I have, a, I have a whole D and D, um, Pinterest board that oh, I know that's, that's, those characters are for more like fantasy books. Of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have a Pinterest board called character inspiration that has a ton of people that I've just pinned and oh, I'll amazing. save them and say like, this is Linnell's nose or whatever. Um, because I need to have it to turn to whenever I'm actually describing or I'll ask my family and friends. I'll be like, hey, what is the size or like what's the shape of a face? Like what shape is my face? Because I don't know how to describe that. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so neat. Well, okay. Speaking of, I mean, it sounded like a very hard thing to deal with growing up having, you know, these figures of authority, teachers, whoever say, hey, you won't be successful in the thing that you want to do if you don't learn how to do this thing that you just physically Mm -hmm. cannot do. What would you feel like was the hardest part of writing this book for you? Um, let's see, writing this book, I would say one of the hardest parts was definitely keeping how do I say this um (laughs) creating the world consistently that Mm. would actually work and make sense but not over explaining you know monetary Mm. systems or things like that since it is our world it's just like slightly different sure um I don't like I've never worked in politics so I don't know exactly how different systems work and since the registration in this book is a business and not part of the politics that added a whole other layer to have to figure out and how that would work and um just small things like that that you need to flush out a world um you can't just be like yeah and people did this like (laughs) people are going to want to know why do they do that how does that work like how long have they been doing that and that was definitely a challenge. Um, sure. Just the, I guess the easy way to put this is the particulars of how exactly the registration works within this world. That makes and sense. And keeping it consistent and believable. Sure. Yeah. Well, that actually leads perfectly into my next question, how you mentioned before all of the little corporation things you needed to do. And even before that of how you keep character sheets and, and create Pinterest boards. I'm curious what sort of research you had to do to inform your story. Okay. So yeah, I did a lot of Googling and I would do research on particularly death and torture and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like how would this work? But the majority of my research when I came to that was calling my brother-in-law who's a nurse and so I would literally call him at any hour of the day and I would be like, 
hey, could somebody survive, you know, being shot in the side? And he would be like, well, where in the side? It would probably hit their liver or their lungs. Their lung would collapse and then X, Y, Z would happen. And I'd be like, okay, so where should they get shot if I want them to be in pain but still able to run and, like, drive and do things before they go to the hospital? And he'd be like, oh, you need to do it in the shoulder or over here. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I've done that for all, like, (laughs) most of my books. He um, loves getting calls for me because he knows it's going to be something absolutely (laughs) wild. Like, I called him the other day and I was like, hey, would it kill you if you took an insulin shot if you're not diabetic? (laughs) And it's like... (laughs) And probably just put you in a diabetic coma or something. I'm like, okay, cool. So that was a lot of my research was calling my brother-in-law and asking him things and making sure he knew I wasn't a serial killer. I'm of just course. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, when you started that sentence, the reason I was laughing so hard is because I would have assumed that your brother-in-law maybe worked in some sort of field where like a spy or something where like torture (laughs) makes more sense. And then you said nurse and it just totally (laughs) threw me for a loop because yeah, I guess he would need to obviously be aware of what, you know, what amounts of certain types of pain or, or certain things that a person could take. But I just came so far out of left field for me because I was expecting (laughs) something like intentionally, torturous (laughs) that would have been cool that would have been very helpful if he had had a job like that yeah that's more things like hey the bones in her left hand are like broken in these different places because of a hammer is she gonna need surgery how many surgeries how long before her cast comes off all of those yeah very logistical things that Linnell went through so much more pain (laughs) and like torture and all those things in early versions of the book um it's probably cut in like a half or a third of what she had gone through in the very beginning. Oh, <laughs> and wow. I, I had my brother-in-law read it and he was like, no, <laughs> she would have died like six times. <laughs> I was like, Dang it, okay. Wow. So yeah. what do you feel like is your draw to that kind of stuff? Is it just from your interest in like the kind of horror scary, interesting things that you grew up being interested in? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I No just, hesitation. <laughs> no, yeah, like when I was a kid, I would watch Jurassic Park and I would rewind the scene where the guy got eaten off a toilet like wow. over and over and over because I just thought it was hilarious. And <laughs> I swear I'm not like crazy in the sure. head. I just, I just love this stuff. Like I love the show Criminal Minds and yes. Supernatural. And I'm like one of my all-time favorite authors is Karen Slaughter and – I, I could go on forever about why I love her. Her books are amazing, but they're also, they can get dark and they're very detailed and I feel like they're very accurate to what this would look like. And sure, just the creepy little aspects of a type of death that you never actually see in movies and TV shows. Um, I don't want to like actually explain some things because I feel <laughs> That's like it'd be fair. a little too gruesome. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just... There's also I'm, almost I'm a Halloween girl. About it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, there I mean, there's something really eerily beautiful about a really dramatic death. Uh yeah. So as I, I can't say or, I, I get the same satisfaction maybe that you do, but I can appreciate the beauty in a in a really dramatic death scene. It's also the like not necessarily the death, but like the dramatic pain or trauma or something that somebody goes through and then survives sure. and learns how to 
deal with it and grow and, you know, I don't know, become stronger or just continue to live rather than just having survived that situation. The perseverance. I think right? it's, yeah, it's amazing how people can overcome such horrific trauma, be it psychological or physical or whatever. Like it's always going to be there with them. It's like a shadow. It doesn't ever leave, but you can learn how to like coexist with it. And I, I think that's one of the coolest things of humanity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that you illustrated that. I didn't want to say illustrated just because, you know, uh, of, not having images to, to work off of. <laughs> I feel like you 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 clearly were able to kind of assemble that in Lionel or Linnell, sorry. I have a friend who spells her name the same and pronounces it Lionel. So I, I do That's that okay. all the time. I have, there's been several readers that are like, is it Lionel or Linnell? Sure, yeah. Linnell, yes, Linnell. You uh, <laughs> you're like, just read the book. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> um, I, I love that you kind of, or we're picking up the book kind of, she's already been through, a, I mean, a lot of trauma, but even like yeah. how it comes up again later and like how you start to discover all of the different characters and, and like her relationship to all of them or her lack of relationship to all of them as, you know, I don't want to get into too many spoilers for those of us who are going to go buy the book after listening to this podcast, <laughs> but, um, you know, how she really uh, started from a completely different point and had already worked her way up to here. Um, mm -hmm. I think is really cool just to speak to the perseverance of the human spirit. Like she, she was ready to move on with her life and she was ready to, to push forward and then gets caught up in all yeah. of the registration craziness. So, yeah. Although she like, she had moved on and grown, but she still made of mistakes because yes. of her trauma and she like still had things that she needed to work through and fix. And one of the things that was really important to me was that her relationship with Daniel was not how she like worked through her trauma or not what saved her. Yes. Um, because I've never liked how it's like, you know, the man is the thing that fixed their grief or their trauma or whatever. Right. But I also think it's, it totally makes sense for somebody like that to help you and be there like for you to support you when you're doing that. And so I wanted to, at least in some small scenes, illustrate that, I use the word illustrate, <laughs> <laughs> um, that, <clears throat> excuse me, Daniel wasn't what saved her, but she he chose support, to yeah. let, like, to lean on him while she was growing and trying to save herself. Yeah, I love that. She wasn't a damsel in distress. She was a warrior trying to fight her way to a better life for herself and for whoever she could, you know, afford to give it to. So I really, I really respected that as someone who also does not like when the man is the savior and, and mm -hmm. for like this woman who just cannot help herself. I really appreciated that about your story as well. Uh, I want to shift gears a little bit because you had mentioned before how often your brother-in-law helps you with your other books and, and just all of these other factors that seem like they go into other stories that you've written. I want to ask you more things about your other novels and, and just kind of see what your other kind of either fantasy or other thrillery, mystery, horror -y things you've been working on. 
Yeah, okay. Um, so I am working on a sequel to the registration, So which exciting. a lot of people have been asking about that. And it's currently scheduled to be published in the fall of 2024. Um, and it's with CamCat still, and I'm still working with them. And we're still deciding on titles and stuff, so I don't have a title for it. But I'm probably about halfway through the draft of it, and Amazing. I'm really excited about that. Um, it actually also already has a movie option, the sequel, in addition to the first one. So that's very Oh my cool. gosh, so exciting. Yeah. And then I have, like, like I said, I have several. I have this book, The Run. So actually, I wrote that before the registration. Um, and my agent is taking it to different publishers and stuff. And I have a sapphic fantasy novel that she has. And... a YA fantasy that I'm actually writing with my roommate, um, Ooh. which Oh, fun. is, has been really fun. Um, I feel like I have others <laughs> and I can't <laughs> think of them right now. That's <laughs> so cool, um, though, that you have this many. This seems like more than the average person, at least, for sure. Oh, my gosh. yeah. Uh, let's see. I feel Oh, like this is yeah. a really And then great, I have... <laughs> like, screw you to your teacher who was like, you'll never be... <laughs> A great writer if you don't right figure that out. <laughs> yeah pretty much uh, and then I have a I mean I have a lot that I like want to write but those are the ones I have finished and written and then also a um, like thriller suspense one that I'm working on so Ugh, <laughs> oh, amazing. that's all of my current main projects <laughs> Wow. the one I'm working on the most of course is the sequel to the registration Sure. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure everyone, especially, I feel like when... movies are actually made of books they just completely blow up times a billion so people are going to be dying for the sequel <laughs> once that all comes to be and usually we have a question on the on the sheet I think I even sent it to you just because I don't change the questions that I send because they're always just an example um of what you would how who you would cast how you would do it if it were going to be a movie but being that your book is actually optioned for a movie which is so so exciting and I want to hear about what that's been like for you as well um I mean actually forget it let's just get right into that how has that been for you <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay um it's been surreal an actual dream come true Of course, um yeah. I've dreamt of having a book be made into a movie my entire life um because I've been writing since I was like eight so it's literally been a dream forever and I like I actually already knew and loved Sydney Sweeney um Mm -hmm, yeah. and so when she was attached to it that was really exciting and Bradley Fuller the one of the producers who's like partnering with Sydney on it is the producer of the Purge movies so Oh my gosh. that fit really <laughs> well I didn't <laughs> even know um that as I was talking to you about the purge earlier. That's so funny. yeah He's, he produced the Purge movies the uh, Quiet Place and Wow. um The Jack Reacher movies. I don't know if you... There's others too, but those are like the big ones that people would know. The Purge is the, obviously the Yeah. biggest purge song that people compare the registration to. Um, Sure. so those were like already amazing like people to have love my book because I love them and the work they've done. Yeah. And so that was really incredible. And the process is long. It's a lot of waiting. Sure. a lot of lawyers writing things and arguing about exactly how to write it. Um, <laughs> 
Sure. So it is a test in patience, but it's also um, like, I just, I can't say anything other than amazing. It's, it's super exciting. I, people oh, ask I love that. who I would cast as people in the books. And I like, sure. Again, I don't really picture people in my head. So yeah. I can never really answer that question. Um, obviously I would cast a Simi as Linnell because that's what's like who she wants to play. That's canon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I don't know. I, I did like, so I was asked that question by somebody else in a, or interview forever ago and I did some outsourcing to my family and friends who have read the book because I don't know what my characters look like so I asked right. them <laughs> and I got for Daniel I got Austin Butler um for 2010 Ian Summerholder which I'm great with that I would have 2010 Ian Summerholder play most roles <laughs> um <laughs> and then for Zach uh I would do Zac Efron because my sister, my middle sister would kill me if I didn't include Zac Efron in the Dreamcast. Totally um, fair. <laughs> and then Eric, I think James Spader would do a really good job. Okay. Um, but my mom would want to meet Brad Pitt. So maybe just Brad, throw him in there. <laughs> um, or Bruce Willis because my dad loved Bruce Willis. Yeah. <laughs> and then for Elizabeth, uh, Paige Turco would be, I think she would be really, really good. Okay. And I would love to get Halsey in the show somehow, maybe sure. as Zoe, because Halsey is my favorite human being on the planet. I and love I that. could not be more obsessed with her. And she's worked with <laughs> Cindy on other things. So, so maybe. And, yeah, I'm like. I know. Into this one too. <laughs> I almost feel like it's a little bit controversial to ask you who you would want cast in this because at some point in the near future, you will have to just deal with, I guess, whoever the casting is. Yeah. Um, I don't really have like a, oh, I want this person. You sure. Know? Um, those are just like people that my friends and family have been like, hey, they could be good at this. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> I'll say <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Speaking of uh, just different mediums in which you can consume your work, we have all been listening on the podcast to the audiobook. And I'm curious what your experience was like. Have you listened to the audiobook? What it was like for you? I know that the uh, CamCat team really involves the authors in choosing the voice for the audiobook. What it was like hearing, even in the little trial run, if you haven't listened mm -hmm. to the whole thing, uh, what that was like for you hearing your words read back to you. What has it been like to, for you if you've been involved in the process? Honestly, wild it's really <laughs> really weird hearing somebody else read my words like you know how when it's like uncomfortable to watch a video of yourself talk sure you're like oh my god is that what I sound like is that what I look like <laughs> it's, it's kind of like that where it's like oh I don't know if I want to listen to that um <laughs> but when they sent when my publishers or when CamCat sent the options for narrators that was the first time where it felt real that I was actually wow. getting published um that was like not even when I signed with the publisher or like right advance or like any of those things it was literally when I had these audiobook people reading I was like that's a thing that real books have <laughs> <laughs> and it was the first moment where I it, like it hit me that this was going to come out and people were going to read it and listen to it. And so that it was, it was pretty surreal and awesome. Um, I haven't listened to the whole book. Cause again, I'm like, that's kind of weirds me out, but 
don't know. She does a really good job. Like, yeah, <laughs> she's very good at her job. Uh, yeah, I don't. I can't give much more answers than that because I didn't listen to it. <laughs> That's totally fair. <laughs> I was reading your face as I was asking the question. I was like, okay, she has not listened to the audiobook, but I'm still curious about the rest. <laughs> That's so well, that's really cool. And that's kind of I've heard similar answers from authors, but that's really cool that that was the first time it really felt real for you. And yeah, I can imagine hearing your words read back to you to some extent. You're like, oh, my God, that's my voice. That's what I sound like almost. So that's so that's such an interesting perspective I hadn't thought of before. That's really neat. Well, I mean, this has been so, so much fun. And before we wrap up, I've asked you so many of the questions that I usually ask at the end, just because they've kind of naturally flowed into our conversation. But one thing you had mentioned earlier was that you read hundreds of books every year. And I'm so curious what you're reading right now, or if you have all time favorite books, all time favorite books that you want to share. Um, okay. Well, I actually, I have a list of like oh, my amazing. top 20 favorite books. So I could just pick that out and read it for you. Incredible. Right now I'm deep in the world of Karen Slaughter. Um, mm. I had read all of her standalone books a while back and I knew I loved her, but she has this series, the Will Trent series, um, and the Grant County series. And I kind of feel like you should read both. You should read the Grant County series and then read Will Trent. Okay. But there's like, I don't know, like, like. 17 books or something in that series and so it was always very daunting and so I never started it um and it started like back in 2002 or something or 2005 wow Uh um and they're since they're older books they're like the little paperback ones that you see like old women get at the airport you know like you know what I'm talking about and I just I never picked them up and then I did and I've flown through them like I started in January I think and I only have one book left um and I'm I knew I loved Karen Slaughter but reading the Will Trent series has just solidified that for me I'm obsessed with Will Trent um and I'm really really sad that I'm on the last book and I'm like getting really close to the ending and it's not fun for me (laughs) uh but after that I want to read um the Wayward series by Susan yeah in at Camp Cat and then I also want to read From Blood and Ash by Jennifer Armentrout because I'm a big Sarah J Mass fan and on book talk and bookstagram people who love Sarah J Mass tend to really love from blood and ash by jennifer armantrout so mm. i'm confident that i'm going to like that and i'll yeah. read it soon and i want to read i mean there's a ton of books on my want to read list but oh i believe it sure yeah <laughs> my my favorites would yeah i also love colleen hoover um yeah my capstone for my masters is actually on colleen hoover's it ends with us um, okay so she's amazing her books are amazing that's so cool. That's good to know. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Susan Ellett because we actually just interviewed her for her Wayward series. And I didn't know until the interview that she was an actual CIA analyst and that like how much of that informed her book, obviously, without giving away anything to uh, what is actually going on in her work. But it was so interesting to hear from her how much she was able to kind of pick up from her surroundings and and 
transplant yeah. into her fictional world. So it's so cool. It is very cool, very interesting. And this has been so, so lovely, Madison. Your book was so fun. I mean, fun in like an intense way. <laughs> fun in the way I'm sure it was exactly as you intended it to be. So yeah. This was so great. This was such a great interview as well. I'm so glad we were able to have you on. And before we let you go, where can we find you? Uh, My website is just madisonlawson.com. And so if you go there, you can find links to all of my social media and information about the book, where to buy it, like all those different things. Uh, You can also follow me on Instagram, which is just Madison Lawson. And then Twitter is Madison Lawson 96 because Madison Lawson was taken, which I'm still bitter (laughs) about. But yeah, my website has all of the information. So for one place, you can go there. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us and for chatting with me about your book today. Thank you for having me. It was very fun. Yes. So, so fun. And to the listeners at home, you can find the registration in audiobook, ebook, and print formats on our website, camcatbooks.com, or wherever books are sold. And stay tuned for more information about the sequel to come. You can find CamCat Unwrapped on all major podcast platforms or watch us on our YouTube channel. And make sure you follow us on social media at CamCatBooks. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in and unwrapping another one of our books to live in with me. My name is Jess. And I will see you all next time here on CamCat Unwrapped.